2: Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Joining me this evening, uh, to my—I want to say to my to my right, but I don't know. It might be to my left as you what, as you're looking at this, looking at this. How does it work,
0: John? You know, I—I th- think we're kind of. I know it's the opposite I've that, way, that, that uh, way. There we go. Yeah, I, th- I think we're in some kind of weird, like multi-universe sort of thing where direction doesn't matter doesn't anymore matter. so
2: if i point that way it doesn't look to me like i'm pointing towards you but it makes it look like i'm pointing towards you on the screen exactly yeah it's weird it doesn't I do that my finger disappears anyway that's no good if you're listening to this because uh that's completely that would be completely nonsensical but we are live and you can watch us live <laughs> on youtube on live on twitter and twitch If you're joining us, say hello in the comments. Um, If you've got any comments on anything we're talking, then please chip in and we'll happily pick up on those. Bear in mind, we're about 20 seconds ahead of you. So um, try and provide some context to your comments and that helps us a little bit and we'll we'll, we'll try and pick them up as we go ahead. Um, You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify um, and Acast and anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Um, you can find us as well, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk for all the latest um, match reports, player ratings, and the like. We haven't got any player ratings for the France game, so what John and I are going to do tonight by way of reviewing the matches, we're going to we'll talk about the match a little bit, but we're going to do some live player ratings tonight, so a bit, it's a bit exciting. You can also, if you want, sign up for our Patreon, which is patreon.com/slash Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, there'll be details going along the bottom of the screen now if you're watching this, or you go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, and you can uh, find out more about that. So for £3 a month, uh, you can enter the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. So that's about the price of a pint these days, less than the price of a pint even, and you oh, get access right, yeah. yeah, you get access to ad-free versions of the podcast. Um, you also get a mini version of the podcast if you can't be bothered listening to the full hour-plus rambling <laughs> That we do, Uh, we are now doing kind of an edited version for those people without the time to listen to the full version. Uh, You also get exclusive um, episodes. So we've got one coming up that we promise we will be out next week on Scotland's Hardest Player of all time. uh, And there'll be a poll going out on the Patreon page in the next week or so. and you can also find some ones we've already done there. Ian and I had a chat about Regulation 8 and eligibility. <laughs> we've done Rugby 7s. John, you and I did a kind of preamble to our criteria for what the world's, or Scotland's right. hardest player was.
0: Player. We also had a, a tinfoil tin foil hat episode, which was quite amusing.
2: Yeah, we also kind of established whether or not quiche was better than pizza, I think at one point as well in an early one. So
0: That that was the first one. We, we've identified whether quiche is better than pizza, we've created Johnny Gray as a a scale of measuring contraception. That's right.
2: Comparing Johnny Gray's tackle success rate to how successful different versions of contraception are. He is better than a condom. Exactly. Um, So that's, but if for £5 a month, if you sign up for £5 a month, you get your name read out on the podcast as a little thank you uh, for paying that little bit extra. It supports us, helps us put out these live podcasts um, and also kind of helps the podcast keep going as well. We've got a little bit of exciting news for next week. Now, next week was supposed to be the Fiji match. Obviously, that's been cancelled um, because the coronavirus has run rampant through the Fiji camp. Which is, it's, it's disappointing, John. Because I was looking forward to seeing Fiji in the tournament. I was, I was looking forward to Scotland. Scotland Fiji games are always exciting. Even you know, we we, we generally we, we win. I think we've been we're beaten by Fiji away. Yep. But we've you know we've got a good record at home. They're normally entertaining matches.
0: Yeah, they usually are, and it would have been quite interesting to see um, how Scotland were going to approach that match, given the that maybe in the, the Italy and France games, obviously we'll talk about the France game uh, as we get going, but the the approach to the games has maybe been a, lit, a little bit more pragmatic, shall we say? So it would have been interesting to see what had happened uh, had Fiji... Kind of dragged Scotland into a bit of a um, ballers style game.
2: <laughs> yes, I mean we'll come on to that and selections for the for the France game in a moment. Um, but so what we're going to do in place of that, some people may have seen that um, Amazon have put out a film called Oceans Apart, which has been produced by Daniel Leo, who's a former Samoa captain. And it's kind of looking at the way that Pacific rugby and Pacific rugby players are treated by world rugby. So he's produced himself on a budget of £10,000, which is very impressive. Uh, he goes around, he's speaking to Brett Gosper, speaking to Ben Ryan, who coached the Fiji Sevens team. And it's just really looking at the disparity in the way that Pacific Island nations are treated compared to well the tier one nations, really. So, we're going to review that film. We've also lined up an interview with Dan Leo as well. So Ian's got to be doing that on Monday. If you've got any questions and you're one of our Patreons, then uh, drop us a line on the Hugh Dan uh, fans secret page that we have on social media. I've given away a clue to the name, but you need to be a Patreon before I'll admit you into that room. So if but you're so on we have, our. We
0: have a, a list and we will
2: check it. We will check it sure. like Santa Claus. I've got a left list left. and I check In it Monday twice. Yeah. And even if you're on the list, please answer the specific questions. Don't just. Not answer them because I'll just boot you before you even get a chance.
0: That, I mean, that's a, can I just put that forward as a, like, a constant standing hands on the ruck, a very early (laughs) one. If you, if if there's questions in a Facebook group, answer them. They're not, they're not there for like, for a laugh. They're there for a reason. It's to make sure you're not a Russian sex bot. (laughs) Answer them.
2: If any, if Russian sex bots are interested in signing up for the Patreon, you know, and. (laughs) You, you can you can have access to the super secret social media group in return for you know three pound a month. I'll allow it. Exactly. Yeah, there might be some. There might be some. The- <laughs> there might be some patreons that would would welcome that as well, as liven up the liven up the group. Well,
0: if there is any of them who want to maybe encourage Russian sex bots to join, uh, again we are clearly clearly not. Um, our morals do not stretch far enough to to not allow that. If there is three pounds a month arriving, we will be happy. We will not care.
2: <laughs> yes. So, um, if you've got questions for Dan Leo, then let us know. We we'll hope we've got. We're hoping to get somebody else on as well, uh, mm-hmm. and we're in. We're we're working hard on that to, to have somebody else. And we'll be. We're going to watch. We've. I think uh, Ian's already watched the film. Is suitably furious. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it over the weekend, uh, and we'll talk about the film and kind of some of the wider issues as well. So th- there'll be a long, lengthy podcast for patrons where we'll go into depth in it. There'll be longer interviews. Um, there will be a shortened version for non-patrons where there'll be you'll get clips of the interviews and, and a bit of our discussion around it and hands in the ruck and the normal things as well. Um, so we've got that. We've also excitingly. Got another special guest lined up for early December, so watch this space as well. maybe three special guests if it all works out well. so watch this space lots of lots of things coming up on the podcast now john I was having a chat on a uh, group chat I'm in today we were talking about the most middle class things in the world, and you know rugby's one of those it's probably a fairly middle class thing that's yes. why it does its best to suppress Pacific nations <laughs> rugby
0: absolutely um
2: you know what's the most to you what to your mind what is the most middle class thing
0: so i was considering this and i remember i remember uh, having to um say that two seconds i'm to say to my tennis coach there you go straight away
2: straight away just I going
0: on a conference call because I decided to go and work from home, but I decided to go to the tennis courts to work for an hour, um, and I had to pause my conference call to go and you know stop playing tennis. So that's pretty. That's pretty. There's also a really good Twitter um, thread that is called Overheard in Waitros, <laughs> and uh, I've I've stumbled upon one uh, just now. Overheard in Waitros. I kid you not. On phone, it's absolute carnage in here. No goya berries, no quail eggs, no samphire. Don't even know what samphire is. It's a, um, it's a, it's all out spice. of stock. God knows what I'm going to do tonight. I hope that isn't your invite. It's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think you you had me at tennis. I was speaking to my tennis coach, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. Well, the the most middle class thing I think we came up in the group chat was um, that in your house you have no carpet downstairs
0: yeah 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 that's no, middle class. No, that's and speaking
2: class. speaking of having no carpet downstairs
0: <laughs> very good
2: very. Good. thank you you see i've been working on that all day speaking of that yeah. we um the, the podcast is brought to you in partnership with manscaped who are um new to the uk and they produce men's grooming products so you get uh some you can get some clippers for doing your um doing you downstairs if that is something that you want to do you're under no pressure to do it from us I've said before not something I'm into John and Ian you've given it a go we have yes the products have worked without any there's been no nipping no Uh,
0: yes um, very decent products the the clipper is uh, very effective uh, can also work on your eyebrows if you so desire.
2: Well, so. there you go. I, have, I did. I have to say, I did use them. Um, I have used them to trim the trim the stubble on and it and, and it works. The, the, for,
0: wee, the, wee, the wee guards that comes with are quite quite good, quite handy.
2: And if you like me, you just can't bother shaving, but you like to keep it fairly short. It's very because it's designed to be gentle. It's quite gentle on the skin, so it's nice.
0: I mean, I'm obviously I'm quite quite the opposite. You can. I like to keep a nice clean shaving face. So, uh, <laughs>
2: It's getting, quite,
0: it's getting quite big now. actually. It
2: is, I know. It's impressive. It's, it's getting cold. longer. You've grown out so for Christmas, just, of course.
0: Uh, well, of course, yeah, because you know everyone's got to have a side hustle, and <laughs> if, you know it's it's the most wonderful time of year. I'm, I'm quite concerned. All I've talked about in this podcast so far is making money. <laughs>
2: this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you do through the podcast. Let's tell you. I know. <laughs> dogs yeah all we get in return for this is free products from manscaped um every every penny counts it does yeah so if you are interested in that and and i will say this is it's probably gonna be a limited time thing only so if you've been thinking about investing in something on manscaped go to manscaped.com if you use the code srp you get 20 percent off and free shipping so there's lots of things on there they've got deodorant for you downstairs they've got toner They've got uh, nose hair clippers, all sorts of different things, not just um, clippers for your for your nethers. Um,
0: every every week, I always go on about the toner. It is fabulous stuff. Yeah. I, I I I'm a massive fan. It is it is essential oils for any bit of you that you have decided to remove hair from, um, or if you've had a, a, a very difficult band practice, and like me, you've got little. Little middle class tender fingers that you know just tap on keyboards for a living, uh, and then you you subject them to drumming like you're trying to remember, you know, what it was like to be 18 again and you know be cool. Um, The essential oils are very good for your fingertips,
2: so there you go, there you go. So that's 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 manscape.com. Like I said, we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to offer that promotion. So if you have been dithering or you've got it in mind, you want to get one for Christmas then get on with it is what i would would suggest because it, it it's not going to hang around forever so go to manscape.com put in the code srp and you get 20% off and free postage as well now moving on we are going to talk about the france game in a moment um first of all there's two bits of news um the first bit of news is there's there's the big agm coming up for the SRU now that it was Postponed slightly because obviously there was a delay in releasing the accounts. Um, one of the motions, or um, well, the two motions proposed. Um, one is proposed by Curry that seeks to reassert the authority of elective council to oversee the management of the union, and the second, proposed by Glasgow Hawks, seeks to increase transparency in Scottish Rugby's decision-making process. However, there is a there is there's an emergency motion by um, I forget the name of the club. Right? It's, it's bigger is one of the clubs and the name of the other club has... Mo- I had it in my notes in front of me and it's disappeared. Basically, it's the two clubs that were promoted from their leagues beyond all doubt. They couldn't yes. be caught, they'd be promoted. And because the season was ended, they'd been denied promotion. So their motion says, we should be promoted and nobody should be forced to be relegated unless they want to. Now, we've talked about this before, about the way the season ended. It, it, it was, for those that don't know or don't remember... The SRU consulted on how the season should be ended by writing to all clubs. Clubs responded. The SRU said, we've gone with what the majority have said and we've just ended the season now and there's no promotional relegation. None of the clubs have been informed that the, their views were binding. I think they were <coughs> able to vote on a number of different options. so It wasn't put forward as a vote, which I think obviously big Bigger are, are upset about, understandably. The, there are clubs probably who would quite happily welcome relegation. There are clubs who would welcome promotion, no doubt, and and had a chance to do that. So the, the league wasn't ended in a satisfactory way and those clubs are looking to, to try and earn their rightful place when the league resumes. And that would seem fair, I think, Joe, I mean, it seems very fair. Yeah.
0: No, I think, I think that's absolutely fair. I think when you just take it in isolation, right, so even in a even in a perfect situation where the clubs had been given full consultation and were aware of um, binding uh, the binding nature of votes or whatever, the fact is that it's not in the interest of the vast majority of most leagues. You know, so the middle part of the league don't actually care okay. if you end the league. The bottom part definitely want you to end the league and have no promotion or relegation. And the guys at the top, the guys who are definitely getting promoted, who there was a minority of, want the league to be resolved properly. So by simply putting it out to the clubs, you're like, well, there's only going to be one outcome and it's not going to be the one that, you know... I, I, to say it's what the majority of the clubs wanted is such a cop out because the majority of the clubs have no interest it's in Turkey's, what the outcome
2: was. Turkey's voting for Christmas, isn't it?
0: Aye, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So it's it's bigger so... bigger and Dalkeith are the two clubs <coughs> that put forward a special special jet, um, motion. I think that's going to happen after the uh, the the AGM. So so watch this space to see how that pans out. Especially I think now that the the season as is I think has been completely cancelled, and um, we've got a. We've got a vaccine of some well, vaccines, multiple vaccines on the horizon. So you know, it's getting a season up and running next September is looking promising. What happens in the meantime is anyone's guess, but but certainly we've moved on a lot from having small little regional kickabouts in, in many tournaments, which we were looking at a few weeks ago. It's all yeah, all gone. So. We will see. We'll, we'll we'll pick up no doubt in the next couple of weeks. Kind of things coming out of the AGM and the accounts. Um, as always, keep an eye on the offside line, um, who do a very good job of reporting on it and and commenting on it too. So if you want to kind of see where things are going, that's what to do. Um, in Scotland News, um, Jaco Van Der Volt has been added to the Scotland squad. He was. I mean, it's no big secret, John. He's been training with them since day since day one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's like. Um, rugby's biggest uh, best best kept secret it certainly was not um, yeah I mean he was always going to be added as soon as he was available and I think had he uh, you know obviously his wedding had been planned um, and obviously circumstances dictated that he had to then isolate on return and stuff like that so um, had he not had to do that I think he would have been in before now so uh, but it's great actually that we've got. Obviously, we've got the, the kind of the unfortunate situation of a fallow week now, where Yakko um, can come in and and properly, they can properly run through the shapes. You know, I think they'll have a, they'll have a decent idea who they're going to be up against, uh, assuming that Italy don't go. Um, full Italy and cause carnage
2: Yeah, I mean it's not a full France squad that's facing no, Italy so you never know, never know what might happen you never know, I know it's and then France. we'll take
0: a stab at England and then we'll win and oh, it'll just be glorious
2: Yeah, um, yeah so obviously he would have been facing Fiji this, this weekend you would have thought he probably would have started to get 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 him up to speed with international rugby, you would have thought Yeah,
0: yeah, I, mm, possibly possibly, I think there's an argument for that um, I think I, they would probably have th- went with Weir again and and maybe bring him on quite early just to stay. My, my only,
2: I think my only thought on that, and this is where I, I, I'm not, I don't know that we'll definitely see him for the last game because I don't know what that he that he offers enough from the bench. Yeah. So you're yeah, you're I, really looking at either starting him or not because your bench is you you. You know, really, you want the James Lang style on the bench. You yeah, can cover. yeah,
1: the
0: multi-position cover. Yeah, I think I think there's yeah, there was definitely more of an argument for Yako on the bench when you had Russell, or if you had either Russell or Hastings available, mm-hmm. there was more more scope for Yako. Um, him and Weir are very similar players. You know, they're they're both not they're tens through and through. There's no. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. I guess you could throw a weird to full back, which is the revolving door would be firmly open in that one. Um, but, um,
2: it's not. I mean, you know, potentially it's Ireland, isn't it? So that's not. Yeah. It's not a game, although it's a test. You know, and that, let's face it, this is these are tests. They're not. It's not the Six Nations. So he he's going to need the game time. the one yeah. to get him tied. I mean, not not like South Africa knocking down the door from or anything. It's not. You know, oh, but. No. But they want to get him tied up and get him some game time before the Six Nations, so it'll be the, the selection for the the Ireland match is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I, I tend to disagree with you on this one. I think I understand what you're saying about the bench balance, but I think they will they will use it as just an opportunity really to get them get them kind of tied yeah. down. Even though, I mean, at best. You would say realistically he's third choice. I know like there's been all the there was all the chat about Duncan Weir beforehand. Where's where's Duncan Weir? Why is Duncan Weir not in the squad? Why is you know he's ripping up trees at Worcester? I think we can all agree now, having watched him the last couple of weeks, that he is a decent rugby player who is not at the level necessarily that you know, he's great cover to have. We can call him up anytime, but he's not like he's not going to be bartering down the door for being the second choice or even first choice I have. yeah so um yeah
2: yeah i mean duncan we is 29 Aye. and you know jacob van der vault is oh, how old is he 26 i mean there's only th- you know he's he's got a few more years on him i think in terms of
0: I mean, potentially he's got a, a, another World Cup in him. That's mm-hmm. that's the way we need to be really thinking about this. I know um, Kevin Miller on his on his blog has done. He does quite a lot of work on the kind of um, World Cup cycles and looks at kind of player age bands and stuff like that. And it's it's if you haven't haven't checked it out before, it's really worth worth having a look at uh, the affectionately titled "On Top of the Moon." Yeah, um, go and check it out. And he he does a lot about that kind of age balance and you know someone who's 26 would potentially have a world cup in them someone at 29 you're not really likely to see them
2: yeah yeah what was the name of the the, the, the player that um we always forget the name of the player the, i know there's always one player I forget the name of every episode the player who new zealand called up who was fishing during the 20, 2011 world oh, cup oh it was oh
0: Stephen...
2: yeah
0: oh no donald steven donald, Stephen donald. Yeah, That's what you're looking uh, at. You're looking
2: at Donkey Weir fishing somewhere, doing whatever Donkey Weir does in his I spare time, getting called can imagine
0: Donkey up. Weir fishing. I think he would be, it just strikes me that he'd be a good fisherman.
2: I think it's the hair. Maybe,
0: maybe. Or maybe just the lack of neck. I don't know. Is there maybe, like, I'd, I'd, I've I, i not really got an archetypal <laughs> fisherman look, yeah. other than, like, Dunkin' Weir, ways, wee, wee beautiful chin and
2: knee neck I think it's the kind of the vision of a pair of waders up to his chin
0: aye yeah yeah that's yeah. what you're thinking of With his gears kind of tickling the bottom
2: <laughs> Um so that's yeah that's the addition to the squad I think it's Ryan Wilson being included in the squad as well oh, has he I don't know I think Jakob van der the only call up to the squad officially I don't know if he's I mean, uh, I would hope not
0: I mean based on his <sighs> right so let's 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 do this just now. So, based on the Glasgow game on Monday, if Ryan Wilson's in the Scotland squad, someone has made, a, and someone's dialed the wrong number or sent, you know, they've obviously just copied someone in and they're too ashamed to retract it. And, you know, they've tried to recall the email, but it hasn't went <laughs> through in time and they're raging, but they're like, well, we're just going to have to go with it now. The customer's always right. In this case, Ryan Wilson's now part of the Scotland setup again. Yeah. No, come on!
2: They've
0: called he the was... wrong. Yeah, they've, they've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, was, he, he was absolutely. I mean, I'm not singling him out because plenty about Glasgow was pretty honking on Monday night, but he was particularly bad.
2: I mean, yeah, we, while we're talking about it, I mean, the interesting thing is, and it's a dilemma for Danny Wilson because they, I think we've said for both Edinburgh and Glasgow, this is now a development season, and that's that's that's, yeah. that's the way they've got to look at it. It's not a normal yep. season. Let's just forget about challenging for the league it's getting young players through the season and that seems to be that watching the games those are the players that are standing up yeah those are the players eh? those are the players that putting in the performances and are sticking into the end and it's the established heads that have gone and it I there's no explanation for that I mean in a way, you need the older heads to help guide the youngsters through, but it's almost the youngsters are dragging the older heads along with them. I mean there's probably a case for saying, you know just drop the older ones together, get a team of youngsters, and just throw them out every week and get them game experience, yeah no it's experience of losing but I so I don't know what the good that does, but it's still experience yeah. of pro rugby yeah
0: i think I think I think there will. Yeah, there is. There's always that argument, and I think you've got to, you've got to assume that that having the older heads there is giving the youngsters maybe the confidence. I don't know why they're obviously not aware of what their older compatriots are doing because if they had half a clue, they would be panicking. But um, it's maybe giving them the confidence to go and express themselves, or maybe it's just that maybe they've bought in more to you know guys like Ryan Wilson are used to winning. Mm -hmm. they're used to winning games, they're used to winning titles, they're used to being at the kind of end of seasons, playing in semi-finals these guys are coming through and they've not got that expectation and they've maybe bought in more to if Danny Wilson's behind the scenes because he's obviously not going to say in public, yeah by the way guys this is a complete write-off so don't worry if you're going over and getting getting Leinster absolutely spanking you, don't worry if we're getting beaten at home don't worry if we've got you know, the same amount of points as Zebra. Um Let's well, not worry about that. And maybe the younger guys are buying into that more and saying, do you know what, right, well, no, this is... I, I can't be expected to be dragging this team to playoffs. If I, if I show up, if I show well, then I'll get a contract. And yeah, yeah. there might be more scope in the future. But um, it doesn't help that some of the maybe more experienced heads that Glasgow have recruited or have... Available seem to have their legs have gone. Yeah, you know, guys. Like, ugh, pains me to say it, but even like watching Nico, uh, he looked he looked off the pace. Tommy Seymour had a decent start to the game, but again hasn't really been decent this season. So it's it's really mm. tough.
2: Yeah, and it is hard. And that, speaking of games that are tough, because we will get around to talking about this now. Scotland, France, Um hey. Scotland lost 15-22 to France. Now, as always with these things, John, the response to this, I think, has been blown out of proportion. Because, to me, that wasn't the... It wasn't the same as when we used to lose to France in the past. It was a different kind of loss. It's the kind of loss that... England or Ireland would have against France every second year. And you'd go, do you know what? Both teams were in that for 80 minutes and with the better team won on the day. That, that to me, would be how I would sum up that match. I don't think it was that um, Scotland were the worst team on the day. They weren't the better team, but that's not to say they were the worst team. I think if Scotland were as bad as some people have suggested, they would have got absolutely honked.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um scotland fans um do like to um i don't know it's maybe a trauma response <laughs> years <laughs> gone by you know we just we do have this and i say we i used i use that term very deliberately because we've all done it and anyone who hasn't is uh is lying as much as hashtag rugby values yeah. um we do tend to overreact to these things and you know could probably wind it back to the Tuesday clock and all that. You know, we, we were, we were, and we're on here, you know, obviously milking things for for entertainment purposes. We, we are the WWE of supporters just <laughs> yeah. now, guys. Um, but we do tend to overreact to things. Mm. And the reaction to the game at the weekend was nothing short of just. I, I turned my phone off. I was just,
2: yeah. This is just ridiculous. The, the, there's been a lot of said, now I'm I'll go through some stats in a minute, there a lot of said about Scotland's attacking performance. I think that has to yep. be seen in the context of France's defensive performance.
0: France were very good in defence.
2: Yep. And, and even Scotland were very good in defence. I mean, there's one try in it. Okay. Yep. And, and yes, potentially you could argue, I mean, the, the Fraser Brown held France up over the line as well. So yep. potentially two tries, but I don't think... You know, France really threatened, didn't threaten Scotland's try line necessarily any more than Scotland threatened France's try line. So yep. that's that's diff- the difference. The difference in the game is France got one opportunistic try. They took their chance very well and they scored a try. Mm-hmm. And Stuart Hogg nearly held up Vakatawa as well over the line. So the, yeah. a- again, that Stuart Hogg, I think two, three seasons ago, isn't making that tackle. Either because he's not trusting the man outside him or he's going to slip off it. But it was a very strong tackle, got good technique to get underneath them. But Vakata was a big lad. He's not, it's hard to stop stop him from there. So that that really, you know, looking at it dispassionately, that's the difference. One opportunistic try, very well taken. And other than that, the teams were entirely evenly matched in defence and attack. It was,
0: it was one of the most even games of rugby I've seen. And uh, France, um, as you say, they took their opportunities better and they probably, when they were dominant... It's interesting because when they were dominant within the game, because obviously games, games they fall, and mm. both teams had periods where they were on top. And probably France made more of when they were... On top, yeah. uh, try aside. You know, even when they were, even when they were um, more dominant, Scotland were making more tackles. They were, they were, they were working harder, and you know that all accumulates towards the end. Um, but I think it was just, it was just a really good game of rugby. It was just solid. in, in terms of, I should caveat that it was a very even game of rugby. It wasn't yeah. necessarily a very good game of rugby.
2: No, no, it wasn't. It was one for the purest, as they would say. Yes. the The interesting thing is, though, you know, people talk about Scotland's attack, um, and and as I said, I don't think it was any worse than France's attack. Really, g- given that we're on, and this isn't—I got called out for this when I said, you know, we're on our third choice fly half at the weekend, and people thought I was insulting Duncan Weir, and I wasn't. It just—it's just the truth of the matter is Duncan Weir is not our first choice or our second choice fly half. Morris.
0: Potential even our third now, yeah. Probably,
2: but and it's not. I mean, and you look at it. You know, now Scotland tackled. Um, Scotland made ninety-eight tackles, missed sixteen. France made one hundred and nineteen and missed nineteen. So they're both on eighty-six percent tackle rate. So you can't say that Scotland missed more tackles than France. Both both the same. In fact, France made more tackles. Yep. Which would suggest that we we had the ball more. Um, the in terms of Possession, both halves. We had more. We were creeping up to sixty percent, fifty-five percent possession first half, fifty-nine second half. Territory, which again, you know, because possession isn't everything, but territory-wise, again, Scotland were winning the territory, fifty-seven percent first half, fifty-nine percent second half. Beat more defenders than France, so it's not made more meters, passed more, ran more kicked from hand a bit more. It's not, you know, all of these things together, they're not, I don't think it suggests, a, we, we haven't become a bad attacking team or a bad team overnight just because of this game. In fact, you, statistically, you could argue that, you know, Scotland were doing more than France. How effective yeah. that was, I don't think, we, we don't know. But they give away more penalties, they double the penalty count on France. But it wasn't like the, the, the penalties we were given away needlessly against Italy, the, the penalties we were giving away were in the right areas of the park generally. yeah
0: the, it was generally yeah yeah and it was it was more of a day for you know if you're giving away penalties you're not gonna the, the you know the, the weather wasn't wasn't brilliant you know it's more of a day for um it up Ah, yeah, absolutely. So, with that naturally comes more, you know, France are doing that, we're trying to get the ball back, there's going to be more penalties, and that's fine. Um, But, again, it goes back to the point we've made a number of times on this podcast that um, if rugby was played on paper, Scotland would have won um, that game. All the stats suggest Scotland should have won that game. Mm -hmm. But, we are also up against and people are, you know, we can talk about the Duncan Weir thing all we want. We're we're up against a world-class team in France who've probably been maybe England aside, you know, certainly the form team of the Northern Hemisphere and they are improving game on game as Mm -hmm. well and you know, we we were in that game with with them, we competed well with them and there's no, like... (sighs) There's no shame in that whatsoever.
2: Yeah. There's an interesting thing, Dougie Lowe, on, on our super secret social media post. He's done this as his hands in the rug, but it's worth talking about now because it came up at the weekend. His, his question is, why, why do teams kick so much these days? And yep. uh, Sam Warburton did a really um, interesting bit on the Amazon coverage on this. And the reason why is it's about territory, is that the best teams kick for territory because if you kick to the team and you've got a good kick chase and you put pressure on their kickers then you're playing in the right area of the park and you're saying to the opposition, you have the ball, we're going to come and try and win it back from you. We're going to force an error because if you force an error in a kickable position, you've got a penalty. That gives you the option. You kick it goal, you kick to the corner. Forcing somebody to kind of, kicking deep and not doing a kick chase forces someone to kick deep back to you if you've got good chases and they might Mm -hmm. kick it out on the fool." then you've got a line up yeah. and you start your attack again. So it, rugby isn't a possession game anymore. I think it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. It's, but it's te- rugby is a territory game effectively now.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And I think there's an element of it sh- you shouldn't make many mistakes when you don't have the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and what I mean by that, obviously, you can concede penalties. You can concede seeds knock-ons etc when you don't have the ball obviously but the likelihood of you doing these things is lessened because you have essentially full control over your defensive structure you have the opposition are playing in front of you they're making the play you're not actually having to make decisions based on you know shapes or anything you're, you're literally running defensive structures It's it's an easier way to play. Yeah, and if you're um, doing
2: if you're doing that in the right area of the field, and you give away a penalty, then it's in if it's in the opposition half that do, that doesn't matter. Yeah, they you yeah. get they get an opportunity to kick for a lineout, but they're not getting an opportunity to kick for the posts.
0: No, exactly. And then I mean, it was Dave Rennie spoke a lot um, about turnover ball when he was coach at Glasgow, and if you are able to generate turnover ball in the opposition half. You score a lot of tries off turnover ball. That's that's what all the best teams look to do because you when you turn over like that, then the opposition defense isn't set, and that's where you can create space, create havoc, take your opportunities. If you're trying to do that from under your own posts, yes, it can be done. See um Johnny Mays try at the weekend, but um it's more unlikely to happen. Um so you know, you're more likely if you turn over uh, under your own posts, you're going to throw it back to the tiny and goal areas and watch your fly half shank it.
2: Uh, yeah. So, oh, we seem to. Not worried about it. Yeah. The the um, in terms of the players, I said we do live player ratings. I'm not. We're not normally when we do these for the blog. And Rory's Rory's promised he's going to do some later in the week where we do the proper scientific breakdown. yes attack defense influence i'm I'm glad we're not
0: doing that on on live because there's less scope for me to make ridiculous like gut feeling assessments that's what we're doing yeah really
2: important let's let's go with our gut tonight john because you know if, if, if our guts have taught us anything over the years, is that we know nothing. Our guts know nothing, but it's 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 entertaining exactly. nonetheless. Um, so <laughs> Rory's got the special magic algorithm calculator that works it all up to get out together anyway. So we'll leave him to do that. We're going to give our honest gut assessments. Shall, do you yeah, want?
0: We're we're technically giving the unofficial Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast uh, yes. player ratings.
2: Yes. So what like what, what should we do? Should we start one to fifteen, or do, you to do fifteen backwards?
0: I think we'll go one to fifteen because I know that will annoy the purists.
2: Okay, so let's do the front row. there. we've got Ollie Kibble, Fraser Brown, and Simon Bergen. Now Ollie Kibble has come in for a bit of um, a, a bit of stick, I think, because maybe because he starting the match, he didn't have the same impact as coming on as a sub. But I think yep. he, anybody that comes on as a sub, the size and shape of Ollie Kibble will make an impact <laughs> because you're running up against tired legs. <laughs> but yes. he, he did okay. That's, that's I, th- I
0: thought. He- like I was surprised people were being so uh, critical of him. He was up against a very, very big French uh, French front row. I I think he done okay. I think he offered in the loose. He scrummaged okay. Yeah, I, I had no
2: issue with him. No, he gave away two penalties. I think one of those was at the scrum. Um, yep. Six tackles missed one. Five runs with the ball. I thought he supported well. It, I, it's, just, it's a solid six. It's a classic six out of ten performance it's, for it, me.
0: It is Ross Ford all over. It is.
2: It's the Ross Ford six. Uh, six out of ten. The Ross Ford yep. six. It. It was fine. And I think the problem. It wasn't. The you know it, it what the scrum went backwards, but that wasn't a permanent issue. It yep. got resolved on field, which isn't something we've seen from Scotland scrums before. Because normally. We get mulled in the first scrum, and then that's the tail of the match.
0: Yeah, we're about to be, we're going to be penalised all the rest of the day. Uh, after that one, particularly with the referee that we had. in Yeah, uh, uh,
2: we'll come on, to, we'll come on to Mister Mister Barnes and hands and <laughs> hands in the rock or what? I'm calling. Is it a tackle or a mole this week? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> What's the French for hands in the rock? Do we have that yet?
2: Um, what? what is hands in French? Don le Don le rock would be the. I can't remember what the uh, yeah. French for hands. Is no. I, I was surprised. I used to, to know. Oh, tête. No, tête. I've got. Sing, I'm going to sing this in French now. Tête, a pos pieds, genoux No, that's head, head, shoulders, and eyes, and nose, and mouth, and knees. No, there's no hands and head, shoulders, knees, and toes. is you There You
0: shouldn't have any of those in the rock. To be honest, <laughs> no. Head, shoulders, shoulders
2: maybe. But... Head, shoulders, knees, and toes has eyes and ears and mouth and ne- nose. It ne- doesn't have hands ne- and.
0: Oh, Dougie, Dougie, what was Le Le Man,
2: Le Man dans Le Man Le Ruck.
0: That's and do you know what? I really, I appreciate the effort because it is done in a Wayne Barnes esque fashion, where you are only using half of the French. And you know, we don't. There might be a word for Ruck in French, but we don't know it, so, so we're going to say Ruck.
2: Yeah, we're just going to do. Essentially, I mean, Wayne Barnes is essentially Delboy. the, <laughs> the and That's that's his level of French. <laughs> where were we Ole yes. <laughs> Kerbal it's Oli 6 out of 10 Fraser six Brown ten. again another 6 out of 10 I don't you know he made his tackles he didn't do anything mad this time the line out throw was yeah. okay again yeah, it's a I, yeah,
0: pretty a pretty ineffective game from Fraser Brown <laughs> yeah. but quiet but then in some ways that's a good thing because You know Fraser does tend to go for he's he's a go big or go home sort of player and quite often that involves going home with an injury so I'm pleased that he's not doing that
2: today. Yes, now I'm going to stress I'm getting these stats, there is no stats package for the match that I could find, no official one so I'm getting the stats off ESPN from what I can tell they're not that reliable and I'll come on to why later on but um, I'm going to go with them for the minute Um, Simon Bergen Better than I expected is as is, is much as I can say about Simon Bergen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, bit Better than expected, but still, like, the scrum improved vastly when Xander came on. Yeah. Um, and that's, his job is to scrummage. When you're six foot two or six foot one or whatever size he is, that becomes a problem. And Bergen's scrummaging has always been a problem. Um I, I I thought it was an average performance from him. I was glad to see him go off.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh we've got an update, Dougie Lowe reckons a rock is a melee ouvre. Le, mandel, man, mandel, mandel on le melee melee ouvre. That doesn't really work for this song, does it? No, mandel, it doesn't. Mandel, no, it's no, not too many syllables. <laughs> too many syllables. Doesn't he scan? Um Again, probably. I mean, probably five point five for Bergen. I think because I think the scr- yeah. if anything, the scrum issues probably were down his side.
0: The, yeah, they were down his side, and it was like so. There's a telltale side. Obviously, they went in in the sheds at half time, They were able to talk about you know, we we know that they they'll not talk necessarily about things that are you know they'll they'll try and address problems, but they'll do it in a very very kind of basic way so there wouldn't have been a huge amount of technical input from say a de Villiers at that point but when you come back out and then get hooked a couple of minutes later <laughs> that's always a bad sight yeah. and when Xander comes on and the scrum improves immediately mm-hmm. with no other personnel changes again you've got to ask the question
2: and also I think in the loose things improved as well because Xander yeah. came on and added that bit of impetus, yeah. in attack,
0: he, 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 he likes to go forward. Does old Xander?
2: He does, and I'm not sure. You know, but, but I, I'm not sure we got that from from Simon Bergen. I mean, he, you know, he carried twice. I think I've got down here. Uh know he made two meters off of five runs.
0: Surely, right? So I'm I'm speculating here, right? But he's quite a tall guy. Surely, if he was to catch the ball and then fall forward, You would make more than that. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that would, that would indicate that he <laughs> have been pushed back a significant amount of metres at some point and then made... I don't know if they count minus metres and then... <laughs> and then you have to make it up. Yeah.
0: Which is maybe... what well, We're missing a trick in rugby. Maybe we need to just get lots of Richie Gray-sized players. And rather than all these fancy attacking shapes, what we do is you pass the ball, you fall forward. And then you get the next person into the rock, and they do the same, and just keep falling A forward.
2: Very slow version of dominoes.
0: It's like it's like the Irish game, but in tortoise form. <laughs>
2: you could Beautiful. there could be something in that, John. We'll watch for that uh, in the next Scotland next attack patterns.
0: There you go. You can have that one for free, guys.
2: Um, Scott Cummins, again, another very good performance. Made his tackles. I thought he made some big tackles. He ran really well. I mean, I'm not trusting the stats on this. He said he made three metres. He made more than that. There was one point, though, where he... I don't know. I I still couldn't work out what happened, where he got past the ball, and somehow the ball disappeared. (laughs) And then he ran into a load of French guys, and then the Paul appeared like behind Ali Price, even though I'd clearly seen on the television Scott Cummings take it into contact. (laughs) So the ball somehow teleported back ten meters behind him and even he was surprised to kind of find that he didn't have the ball on him.
0: It was it's World Rugby's new um they're trialing new laws that involve uh, each it's kinda like, you know, like you got those sort of futuristic sports video games. It's like that where we've got a ball teleporter and you can use it three times a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's more of a spectacle. That's why Nigel Owens still has a job.
2: It goes, yeah, resets it back to the gain line automatically. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean,
0: Cum- Cummings was good. I, I, I and again, he came in for a wee bit of flack off people. I don't know what more people are wanting from him, really. So, I
2: mean, I think he was probably a seven, edging a six and a half, seven. I think
0: six, six and a half. I think's fair. He, I think people weren't like. So he's calling the line out. Mm-hmm. He's um, working incredibly hard in defence and attack. He's offering, he runs like very good lines. He, he, he. Obviously, there was the ball teleportation uh, incident, but other than that, he, he, he has an ability to kind of draw in defenders, mm-hmm. and he is able to play rugby. He's, he's, he's a very, very talented player, and I think. I don't know what more people are wanting from him. Tell no. us what more you're wanting, but
2: He's resilient as well, that's what I'd say, that, that he makes mistakes but owns up to them. I, and say, you can see him saying, you know, that that with the ball teleportation, he's saying, sorry, I think there's been a couple of line-out calls that maybe he's got wrong, but he's yeah, learning. The line He's
0: a young lad as well, that's the thing.
2: The line-out was better than it was against Italy and better than it was yeah. against Wales. So they're the, the learning from the mistakes that they're making and yeah. that's that's what you want to see. So again, like he's a young lad, I would say Scotland's in form lock at this stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
2: Um, Robert Johnny then. Uh, RG. More effective than a condom. Still uh, on 99.9% tackle completion <laughs> success rate, we think. Uh, made 11 tackles according to ESPN. Now, he made more meters and it, and he ran more. He is carrying harder. He is yes, definitely he is. making a lot more meters than he was where, I don't, you know, we talked about in the past where. He, he gets tackled and just falls somehow falls backwards very softly. But
0: again, he's aware of the stats and he knows that by falling forward he has, you know, he's given Making himself meters. an extra meter and a half.
2: Yeah. It was, <laughs> again it was in you know, I I couldn't really find much fault in the performance. It's it's a, no, a 6 I, out of 10 again for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think that's absolutely fair. I think um he he done what he was there to do. He and again, let's not forget those second rows that he's up against, and you know the, the the French pack are not very nice to to be doing what Johnny Gray has to do to them. Uh and it it done very well. He mm-hmm. was very effective.
2: Yeah, he kept a lot of the play a lot of lot of the big French players well,
0: quiet. To 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 counter that, he wasn't spectacularly effective. He wasn't doing anything like there was nothing that. Stood out. It's a six out of ten performance. Yeah, yet again.
2: Now Jamie Ritchie is a strange one because he was absent for for most of the game, and the only time he really kind of appeared was at the end, where he gave away a needless penalty and got marched back when Scotland were in a good scoring position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's. I don't think it. not ne- I don't want to say it needed to happen, but I think it was interesting to see. How he reacted to not dominating at the breakdown and being kept quiet by a very good opposition, where he's been effectively able to cause havoc wherever he wants to go. There was a cheap shot to the head of a French player. There's been no news on a sighting, but you know that's we've been on the you know Scotland have been on the wrong end of players not being sighted plenty of times, so we've you know we're, we're getting one back there a little bit. But <laughs> no, I, for me, that that that's. That's really Jamie Ritchie's first five out of ten, I would say, performance I've seen of him in a Scotland shot, yeah. and I, I would I thought d- it was d- dare first. dare I say four out of edging down towards a four because of some of the the mindlessness at the end.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was it was very poor from Richie. Um disappointing. Would you know to to go with the um, the fatherly chat? I, I, it was just disappointing. <laughs> um, no, I mean it was it was his worst performance for Scotland so far, and nobody's. And before we get letters and all that nonsense, no, no one is saying this makes him a bad player or anything. He had a bad day at the office. We've yeah. all had it. I basically Monday to Thursday is a bad day at the office for me. Um, so he, um, I really hope my boss doesn't watch this.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, um, no, he had um, he just had one of those days and I think, I agree with you, I think there's an element of, again, he's he's a young player, he's Mm -hmm. a young person learning his trade at the very, very, very top end, and there is an element of humbling that maybe not, as you rightly say not being able to exert his game on a a very, very good French pack it's how he responds to that now because there's always got to be you know players i remember being told years and years ago by a rugby coach that it's better to learn how to actually play rugby than run over the top of people yeah because you you will inevitably meet someone who is bigger stronger faster more of a horrible person than you and you can have all the physical attributes in the world, but there will always be someone who is more bad than you and will eventually be able to cause you problems on a rugby park. Yeah. So it's how you adjust to that. And I think maybe Richie's going to have to have a think about that. And I'm not saying he changes much because he's
2: a fabulous player. No, it's just what his plan B is. So when he's not able to exert himself at the breakdown in the way he was and when people are nullifying yep. his threat, what what does he do in response to that? And that's maybe something that the Steve Tandy needs to work on as well in terms yeah. of Scotland's defensive patterns as well. What what happens when the twin threat of Richie and the Mishes is nullified which it was at the weekend. Yeah. I mean it yeah. it didn't it didn't affect Scotland um in that you know, France were able to open us up. As a result, the defense still held still, but we weren't able to kind of snaffle the ball or get effective as many turnovers as we we would yeah. normally have been able to. And I think, you know, the, the other side of that is that Hamish Watson responded to that much better because he he has that extra element to his game of yeah. you know he he put in some really big hits. I think he made fifteen tackles you know at the weekend yeah, yeah, he he changed up his game he was still a nuisance in a different way to which he has been the last couple of games he was still you know he he was making big tackles he was taking guys around the knees he was front and center of that defensive effort i thought he was probably Scotland's standout player
0: yeah he he, he always is <laughs> and, uh... he, he always is he always does he always does something that makes you just think, yeah, he was he was brilliant, uh, or he's certainly better than everyone else. Yeah, um, yeah it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Because we've talked a lot about uh, Richie and Mish um, being that kind of um, almost that that hunting duel, and that wasn't. It was almost like the hunt had been called off quite early doors, and nobody told Richie yeah um but but the mesh had he had his, he'd he'd a different cap on he was yeah. off he was, he was like right hey, well i'm i'm not i'm no longer hunting rabbits i'm hunting something else that's fine i'm off and i'm going to do my thing but nobody and richie was left kind of he was still in the truck with with a beer going what's going on yeah don't know where everybody's gone
2: i think that's i think that's fair um the other stand up there so I, I would say him schwatson probably said so stick up to seven six and a half seven of being generous, yeah.
0: I th- I think six and a half, I think seven's probably generous, yeah. but I think six
2: and a half. Sorry. The the other stand up player for me, Matt Ferguson, had a very good game. Now, we've he's been really unlucky with injuries. Matt Ferguson, I don't think he's played a full game at eight for Scotland yet. Because I think every game he's played <laughs> at eight for Scotland, he's gone off injured. <laughs> but he carried very well. Yep, dare I say, he looked like the number eight we've been calling out for for years. He tackled well. He he didn't. I think he got. You know, he. I think at one point he got a penalty, but I, I, I think he probably was just on the wrong side of Wayne Barnes rather than anything he'd done yeah. wrong. So I, yeah, I thought. I mean, he made 62, 62 meters. He made this is the most of any forwards. Is actually the most of. I, in fact, he made the most meters after Stuart Hogg. Yes, um, I I think there,
0: there's there's been. Quite a lot of people mention Matt Fagerson and they say, "Oh, he's yeah, he's just not up to the standard we need as Scotland number 8. I would say these people don't necessarily watch Matt Fagerson much, and they are more thinking about, "Oh, I don't really know who he is." Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Fagerson is a fabulously talented rugby player, and he carries like an absolute train. Um, to the point where it gets him in trouble because he does have a habit, like our wee French buddy, of yeah. up with the arm a wee bit. He, he likes to do that and he gets away with it a lot, but he carries hard. He works hard. He can play rugby. He's 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 just a very talented player. Yeah. And people say he's too small.
2: He's only one inch shorter than Billy Vunapola. Yes, Exactly. He's six foot one, which is you know that's a good that's that's a reason. I think he's if you're six right. foot plus, you're all right at number eight. So long as you've got the heft with it, and he's seven, you know, he's pushing eighteen stone. Yeah, he's he's not small. No. He's not small, and he's he's athletic with it. It's not like you know he's yeah. put on the beef and he's, you know, lost it. Yeah. Sean of a yard of pace, he's he's fast. He's big. He he's he's hard. following
0: the model similar to like well, obviously we'll t- touch in the subs, but he's followed the the George Turner. Model, he accelerates really well, mm. and he, you know, he knows he's got good hands. will bring quite often. You see it from kickoffs. He took the ball a lot at kickoffs, yep. as is often the way. And he doesn't do that kind of. People say, oh, he does that we stuttery step into contact. He's moving the point of contact yeah. to try and get a weak shoulder. It's it makes perfect sense. But he accelerates onto the ball. He accelerates into contact. It's. We we watch players standing still so often when when they're taking the ball, but you've got a guy there showing them exactly how to do it, and I think George Turner is probably the best example of someone who does that on an unbelievable yeah. scale.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. We'll come on to the subs in a minute. Yeah. Um, so so Matt Ferguson, what was we saying six and a half seven?
0: I, I I think he was a six and a half. I think I I, I think mesh. Mish Ferguson and Cummings. There wasn't much between the three of them personally. Mm. Um, I think Mish was probably the best, so I might, I might allow you a seven. Since you're the yeah. boss, you you can go for a seven. Thank now. you.
2: I think yeah. I, I don't think we've ever given Mish less than a less than a seven. Apart from that time that he got uh, yellow carded against Italy and we lost.
0: Or, was he not playing the game? I gave everyone zeros.
2: I don't think was he. I don't think he was uh. playing that game where I gave everyone zeros either. I don't think I couldn't have brought myself to be great, give Hamish Watson a zero. Good God!
0: I'm going to review that because I think there might have been a zero from me actually.
2: Oh, we'll we'll, we'll find we'll get back to people and let you know how whether or not that's true. Or not. Um, we'll start then. But basically, we'll go straight on to, to nine. Then Ali Price, another very good game. I thought from Ali yep. Price that he controlled yep. the game well. People were saying, "Oh, he's put pace. There's a bit more zip in the ball." I, I, we've we touched on this last week. I don't think there was. I think there was plenty of zip in the ball. <laughs> before. I don't think there was any difference. Maybe yeah. just, I think, in the context of it being against France, it might have looked a bit faster. But, uh, yes. I, again, it was a it was a very assured performance. I think he, he people have pointed out he may have slightly been at fault for the French try, and that he slipped off a tackle, but I don't think you're necessarily relying on your scrum half to be at the, unless it's Anton Dupont, and I know he's like an immovable object for being like, what, three foot two, but yeah. you, you, you shouldn't really be relying on your scrum half in your defense too much I mean if you're relying on your scrum oh. half in your defense something's gone wrong
0: well that, that exactly right yeah it's it's kind of like if they are able to do anything at all then you've got lucky um, but to be setting them up as some sort of um, leader of the defensive structures and, and you know getting them to go out and smash people then I wouldn't say that's the best utilization of their skills
2: yeah so I get another six, I think.
0: Another six. Another six. I'm just laughing at the comment
2: that's coming. <laughs> yeah, it says Martin Bell. Sorry, arrived late. Has Fordy got a six yet? We are calling Martin, just so you know, we we are calling these the Ross Ford sixes, where we're giving every yeah. I think everyone's had a six so far, apart from Matt Ferguson and Hamish Watson, who maybe got a six and a half. Cummings. Cummings, Cummings. Cummings got a six and a half. Cummings yep. got a six Everybody and a half. Everyone else has had a six. Everyone's Richie a six. got a four. Richie got a four. Um let's have a look next. So uh Duncan Weir six for Duncan Weir. I no, think yes. again <laughs> uh, Again it was Co- competent. Competent. It was a competent for and I think that's the best you can say about Get Duncan Weir, Weir over the last No, this is well, let's talk about Duncan Weir in in the context of Scotland's attack. I think we yep. people are complaining about Scotland's attack and Scotland's ability to attack. Yes. And we've said in the podcast already he's the third choice 10. He can't do the things that that Finn Russell and Adam Hastings can do. He doesn't have that ability. He doesn't look like he's being asked to do them either. So whether or not, I don't know whether or not, I don't watch enough of him down in, you know, down south to know whether he can. he's doing these things week in, week out, but he's not being asked to do them. He's not doing them. He's just putting in a very solid performance at 10. And I think Scotland. Any issues with Scotland's attack that people are bringing up need to be seen in that context of yeah. we haven't got Finn Russell, we haven't got Adam Hastings. We just need someone like Duncan Weir to come in and steady the ship.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, I think I think that's absolutely fair. And yeah, Weir is um, he's an honest player. Yeah. Uh, to he's he's an honest pro who's going to do. You know, he's a he's a very very good. Again, very good rugby player. He'll, he'll do. He'll do a job. He, as you say, he's not. He's not Finn Russell. He's not Adam Hastings. He's a different player. And it's interesting. To a certain extent, people are saying Scotland's attack looks very different just now. But if you reflect back to when Duncan Weir was last our starting ten, yes, the personnel has significantly improved, and the overall performances have significantly improved. But the shape of the attack doesn't look all that different. And it was pretty toothless. There wasn't much direction from 10. There wasn't much excitement. It was very pragmatic. But he kicked very well. Yeah. And that's what he's there to do. He's there to kick very well. And he tackles. He misses tackles. But he also, we know 10s miss tackles. He commits himself too often maybe defensively he's not that strong but he was there to kick the leather off it and he done that yeah. well
2: and you can't i don't you know you can't question his commitment in defense either yep. he's you know he gets stuck in he doesn't you know he doesn't run away from shy away from from tackles Loves a breakdown. Yep. Lots of breakdown I, and again i think it's just a very effective 6 out of 10 performance and i think that's that's where we are essentially. We've got a third choice 10, and our third choice 10 can't do what our first and second choice 10 can do. We're not France, we haven't got you know a long line of young mercurial 10s yeah. coming off a, the production line that can do that, can just kind of slot in and do the odd chip over the top. Or
0: there is maybe an back. argument at club rugby level. Maybe, maybe there's an argument here that so what do we need to be developing? the the next generation of Finn Russells and Adam Hastings? I think the answer is Haribo, right?
2: (laughs) Kids and and grown-ups love it so.
0: well, so, uh, Well, exactly, yeah. But think about it, right? So they've changed the recipe of iron brew, okay? They've removed a lot of the sugar. How are we going to develop kids that are completely and utterly barking at the moon to play at 10 if we don't have that? There's Mm. uh, basically the sugar tax has ruined Scotland's chances at 10 for a generation to come. And you heard it here first.
2: (laughs) It's a fair argument to that. I I do think that. (laughs) No, there's not.
1: (laughs) No, there's not.
2: (laughs) I know there's not. Um, (laughs) But the. I think the thing with the tens interesting. I think because that's we we haven't we didn't produce Adam Hastings. I think we need to be honest about that. Yeah, Scotland yeah. didn't produce Adam Hastings. Finn Russell. I'm not even sure. I, I don't know what produced Finn Russell, but it wasn't Scottish rugby. The Scottish rugby <laughs> academy system. Yeah, the, it's the, the, interesting the, the that our Keith, best came I don't know Keith Russell like the, tripping on some lsd or something somewhere oh. that's what, you know who knows what produced you know some what is it guardians of the galaxy 2 where it turns out his dad's a giant planet like an yeah, actual y- celestial yeah, planet that y- came Eagle. down in ego. that's that yep. Finn russell is you know being brought to earth by a celestial so, yeah. he is not <laughs> of this earth but so so we haven't i think scotland haven't produ- really i don't think the scottish academy system has not produced Finn russell and adam hastings
0: uh, yes, and we also haven't produced Yako, And we and haven't produced
2: Nathan Chamberlain because he's come Nathan up from yeah. from down south. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so at the minute, we are not... Scotland, this is the worry. We are not producing tens. Our tens are being produced elsewhere and being brought in. And that, to me, is a little bit of a worry.
0: Yes. Yes, uh, it is interesting that the, 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 the world-class ten that we have in Van Russell... As you rightly say, might have been created by a celestial, or it's interesting that it just had very little contact with the SRU for for quite a lot of his, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: and it's that you know, and I think a lot of it's mindset. A lot of it's give it, give it a go, have a go, you know, kind of try <laughs> things over the top, and to try, given being, being permission, given permission to try things, yep. is what gets Scotland attack going, and I think it is worrying that below our top two we haven't got somebody that can do that but at the same time you know the the systems are adaptable so that we've got we're building off a, a weak attack off strong defense and there's a lot to be said for that as well
0: yep definitely that's massive progress and uh, i never thought i would i never thought i'd be down with this pragmatism but i am i am i'm it's, into it it's less
2: stressful
0: it. well my my stress tracker says otherwise but um, I, I have empirical evidence that. Well, actually, I don't because obviously I wasn't tracking my stress during the fin throwing bonkers passes era. Um, if we were to again relate this back to wrestling, what what would like? Because obviously, wrestling's had the different eras, hasn't it? Mm. So would, would we say that like the initial Gregor Townsend years were they like the WWE or WWF as it was at the time? Attitude were they like the Attitude years? What
2: well, was all like, flamboyant and?
0: Uh, well, oh, maybe, maybe actually, it's more kind okay. of late eighties, early nineties, sort of the Hogan, Randy Savage, Ric either. Flair, Ric Flair, and and maybe maybe now is 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 now now in wrestling. I think now is I now, now know, so it. a bit
2: more pragmatic, a little bit more on it. You know, the stories are still there, but it's a little bit more honest about what it's doing.
0: Yeah, transparent. It's trying to be more transparent. Trying but, to be uh, more
2: than a sport because it's got to compete with you. You know, it's got to compete with UFC now. So they're trying to be more of a no, sport. So a bit more honest about what they're trying to do. So, uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's a good comparison. We've gone from <laughs> we've skipped everything in between. We've skipped the rock. Yeah.
0: Uh, and maybe that was the ball carrying eight we needed.
2: I know, and we've jumped straight into to to Drew McIntyre here, which is no <laughs> bad thing. Which is no bad thing at all. Um, the centres Johnson and Harris again come in for a lot of flack because they're not providing the creative spark but I think the problem is that they don't provide the creative spark because they've got Duncan Weir at 10 and that again that's not a a criticism of Duncan Weir it's just an honest appraisal of you know that's an honest appraisal of where Duncan Weir is and you know Harris and Johnson and Harris can only work with what they can work with
0: yeah again I think there's there's been a shift of emphasis on what 12 is asked to do for Mm -hmm. Scotland. Um, Obviously with, with when we had Pete Horn uh, at 12, he was more of a second playmaker and it was used as such. Um, Johnson's not that he he can distribute, but it's not, it's not his natural game and he's not been asked to do that again. Um, There was suggestions that Johnson and Harris are too similar, which, I don't know if I agree with that either. I think no. they're, I think I think they're actually quite a good uh, pairing. Um, but as you rightly say, you know, it's it's back to that idea of if, you know, if you think of rugby as being a, right here is a pile of something and it is being shoveled along, then there's going to come a point in that that conveyor belt that someone is going to have to either deal with that big pile of something, or. Uh, there's going to be a mistake made, and nobody's going to look good in that. And you know, we are tends to shovel that that way, and the centres normally have to deal with that. And sadly, it's normally man and ball from a very angry French back row coming to smash people. So uh, I thought I thought both both the centres were very competent. I
2: think it's six out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an interesting, I mean, Martin Bell's brought this up. He said on the tens, maybe the Scottish way approach the SRU has introduced will take a bit of time to nurture many Finns and surely every money rugby player aspires to be Finn. And I think there's something in that and he's, he's provided a link. There is a, there is a technical blueprint that Scottish rugby have produced for the Scottish way of playing that's kind of supposed to be top down, that it feeds from the international to this is what we're going to try and do as a country. This is the way we're going to play. And a lot of it is feeding into playing what's in front of you. So maybe it will just take a little bit of time for that to feed through. Yeah. And you know, in the meantime, if you know, and, and, and like I said, there's a lot to be said for pragmatism, and I would hope that the pragmatism is built into the blueprint, but but you would also hope that we don't lose that play what's in front of you, chip over the top, nutmeg and monster players <coughs> you know, throwing throwing mad looping passes that somehow come off element yeah. because it's it's a bit of fun at the same time you know we, we, Scotland aren't playing high risk high reward rugby anymore and i think no. that that i'm not entirely sure that the the whole of the scottish rugby community is is on board with that or has come to terms with that either
0: yeah I th- yeah it's interesting isn't it because i think there's even the the counter to that was that there was a significant proportion of the Scottish rugby community that wasn't necessarily on board with the hashtag fastest brand of rugby in the world trademarked fast prop nonsense. Um, there was plenty of people that thought that that was utterly mad. Um, and you know, people were calling for more pragmatism and suggesting that maybe people like Russell weren't the, the people we need. I think there's all obviously a balance, and People, you just have to read the comments from coaches that have worked with guys like Finn Russell, and they they say how seriously he takes the game, and how hard he works behind the scenes to make sure that he knows absolutely, it looks like he doesn't have a plan, but he knows, he's, he's working on a different level a lot of the time, because he knows exactly what's going on, and he's such a student of the game, so we laugh and we joke about how mental he is but he is very capable of playing a pragmatic game if he needs to um so he'll be a very good asset when we get him back
2: yeah no i think that's i think that's fair enough now the back 3 then um van der i thought uh, not Jakob, so dohan van der one of the vans what, what one of the I, two I've vans is a, a bit van the
0: size of a van as well I isn't he
1: I get, I, I
2: get another good i mean a lot of people are saying could have got one the ball more I think it was a tight, you know, it was a tight defensive game and he made his runs. It, it, he'll have learned a lot from that game and playing again. That's the best defense he'll have played against in the last, yeah. we've had three, that's the third game we've played since the Georgia match. So yeah. that's the best yeah. defense he's going to come, have come up against and, yeah. you know, our fourth is it because we did Georgia, Wales, Italy, France. That's the fourth game he's played. That's the best yeah. defense he's going to come up against. So he'll have learned a lot from that game.
0: Yeah, I think, I think so. And again, when he was on the ball, he was looking dangerous. He always just has that, just by the sheer size of him, he has that ability to bring three, four men into the tackle and still retain possession. So, again, I don't know how well we can use him just now because of our, our obvious um, injury problems at 10. I think we've done well against steadily to get him on the ball and it was more out of necessity than anything else. I think the shapes that we have don't really work that well for him at the moment, but it'll come and you know I, again I mentioned the, the, the chat with um after the after the Wales game um uh, with with Finn Russell uh oh sorry after the Georgia game with Finn Russell and he was basically saying I said to Duhan." Run inside me. I'll put you in for tries. So you know, there's uh, there's an expectation there. They know what they're trying to do. So uh, he will he will he will have better days in a Scotland jersey, but uh, it wasn't a bad day.
2: It was a six out of ten, wasn't it, John? It was.
0: A, how many this is reminding me a lot of you know when Strictly come dancing, right? When the when they when they go and they do the the whole like. People are up for the dance off thing and they're giving you the, And how many different ways they have to say has n- is not going to be in the dance off. So coming back for another week, um, <laughs> returning, uh, and all the different ways that they have to come up with. And I'm thinking, like, basically, we're having to do this for six out of tens.
2: Yeah, that's that. That's it. And, and again, do you know, now Blair Kinghorn, Blair Horn,
0: uh, King Blair Horn. <sighs>
2: I don't want to get letters from member fans, so be careful about what we say here.
0: They use email.
2: Did, did they use email? Did they? I don't know. Do they still write, write, and uh, get get the, get the butler to He's write enough, the letters for them. Uh,
0: using a feather, quilt.
2: dictate it, dictate it to the butler. <laughs> to transcribe
1: it's me concern.
2: Transcribe this for me, Jenkins, and get it off to those boys on the Scottish Rugby Podcast. <laughs> Very good, sir.
0: And there are the letters. <laughs> so you might as well commit to your point now. I know. Well, that's uh, it.
2: Um, look, I think Kinghorn. I'm going to. I'm going to couple Kinghorn and Hog into the same category. They they could they could pass out of contact more. Yes. I think King On and Hog had a very good game defensively. I can't criticise them at all. I thought the they did everything they could for that try. Yep. They tracked each other, they trusted each other. We haven't always seen that for the back two defending players for Scotland. I can't fault them at all for that. I think the problem is they both run, run up a lot of blind alleys when there are options outside of them. Yep. And that's that's to 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 a large extent that is what's stifling Scotland's attack, that these guys are getting into, in, into space at run, and running into defences where a, a pass just before contact or even a little bit before contact would open defences up a little bit. Yep. And Hogg used to be very good at doing that. And I don't know what's changed. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a, a trust thing or a pragmatism thing. I don't know what it is, but he, he used to use the fact that he would draw in defenders to his advantage and release other players around him but I don't, I didn't see him pass that much. It, you no, know, it, it, close it, close to contact.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's um, Hog. Uh, so I would say that Hog, Hog and Kinghorn, the issue is slightly different for both of them, but it's the same issue. Um, with Hog, it's almost, uh, it seems like he's trying too hard. Mm. Um, and it's almost like the captaincy is making him try too hard he's trying to force that miracle run that, that you know the the line break himself and there was a number of occasions where he was doing that thing he does really well you're scanning the defence looking for looking for the opportunities and then try to accelerate through and he was being caught with the ball and there was the opportunity for him to offload, there was the opportunity for him to pass beforehand, there was people you know he had support runners and um, it just seemed like he was trying to force things. Yeah. With Kinghorn, it seemed more, more systemic than that. There was almost, and I say this because we've seen Stuart Hogg do, do it differently. We've seen Stuart Hogg make passes. We've seen Stuart Hogg, um, combine very well with players. I, I, I've not seen Kinghorn do that at an international level necessarily that much. And there is almost a, a kind of flat track bully approach that is, he, he's a big ranger on our big lad very very quick by all uh, all measurements and there is almost like a he, he tries to do it himself because he thinks he can.
1: Mm. And
0: I like that. I like that confidence but there's got to be, you know. There's got. To, it's it's back to that thing that you learn again at minis. If you back yourself to when you've got an overlap, you better bloody score.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think, he doesn't. No, and I think the one thing, and you know, we were talking about this in the group chat before the game. Obviously, they they knew. I think just before the team was announced that the Fiji game wasn't going ahead. So there was there was an opportunity there to to have a switch around in selections and Gregor Townsend and said no we've you know th- there would have been players that would have got their chance next week. Th- this is the team we've been prepping for all week and this one we stuck with and I, to a certain extent I get that but I do think that the decision to drop Darcy Graham was probably a mistake in the France game because I think that's that's the, that would have been the point of difference would have been to. Have Blair Kinghorn on the on the bench and Darcy Graham starting.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. Blair, Blair Kinghorn offers a lot from the bench. I think mm-hmm. he has come off the bench a number of times and looked okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I have to agree. I think Darcy Graham is clearly he's, It's his natural position for a start. Um, he's definitely the uh, a different type of winger mm. and it was almost like scotland we are saying to france like we're going to pick two absolute brutes in the wing we're going to pick two centers who are going to tackle all day we're going to pick a 10 who's going to kick the leather off it come at us
1: mm-hmm.
0: come, come and run through us and they stood up very well to that. They Obviously, France did try and run right. run over them or kick the ball at them all day. Um, and we were in the game. But yeah. it's limited. And that's, that's concerning.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, Chloe Stanton um, said her hands in the ruck this week was that um, she's sick of Hoggy flogging the saying, I'm old enough and ugly enough to death. If I hear him say Is it one you- more time, I'm going to scream, and not just because I'm slightly older than him yet clinging on to my roof. It's just a crap phrase.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah. It's between that and the we'll take the lessons from this. I know.
2: And also, we were the better side for 70 minutes. I kind of I was expecting James Robson to come and whip him off for an HIA when he said that.
0: Which he would have inevitably failed because <laughs> rugby, I so do Scottish rugby people pass HIAs ever? No, it's, uh, I
2: because it's, because, like, because, okay. because our doctors that's, do them properly, that's why,
0: and that's okay. It's just again, Glasgow game on Monday with another Nick Gregg went off for an HIA, which you know, um. I said about that the better um and tommy seymour as well and to- i don't even think tommy seymour got an hia because he he actually his head hit the the turf <sighs> at Scott and it was absolutely brutal um and he went straight off and he was trying to fight people because he was not happy about going off i i didn't think tommy had that in him to be fair he's such a mild mannered young man
2: yeah um in term, we're getting on for time, so I was going to say quickly on the bench. George Turner was the standout on the bench for me. I thought another. I think he he probably deserves a start. If I'm on, I think the last two games, I don't see any issue with throwing him on against Ireland for the last game and having either Macinale or Brown on the on the bench. Um, it
0: it deserves a start, but only to answer the question of whether it's about impact off the bench. Yeah. I think he offers so much off the bench but his form deserves a start
2: yeah and again we've, we've talked about Xander Ferguson already um Sean Maitland I thought came off and did now he's a lot of the play ratings I've read elsewhere have said oh, he came on and he was all right actually he, he put a lot of pressure on the French kickers and a couple of there was a couple of chances for Scotland in the second half I think people forget that, that the kick chase game was working we were putting pressure on France it's just that then we would make an unforced error two phases <laughs> later and
0: when Maitland came on the, the, as you say the, the kick tennis went more in our favour when Maitland came on and it was and who did you rim- come on for? Kinghorn
2: uh, King Horn. go came on for Kinghorn I was part. thinking
0: he was playing very like he was playing at Sally's. it yeah. was always in the air he knew exactly what he was doing it was yeah. good to see
2: knew exactly what he was doing like a man going to a pub breaching COVID protocols uh,
0: or, or like a man accepting business deals from
2: let's move on anyway <laughs> yeah so we've got alan next like i said we'll, we'll, we'll probably cover that a little bit the week next week when we're doing the we're we'll talking about the oceans apart film um uh, lots of i'm sure there's lots of lessons for Scotland to learn from that game i'm sure but i, I overall i don't think it was a bad performance john i think that's the thing no it wasn't away.
0: it wasn't it was it was a, it was a very good performance against a very 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 good side and we kept them honest and and not and as you rightly said at the start it wasn't in the way that you know you 2006 where we might have scraped a win against them and and by against the odds, you know we were in that match and we could have won that match and moving forward like you say we'll talk about Ireland next next time out probably uh, we're we're assuming it's Ireland it might not end up being Ireland
2: I think if Wales beat England (laughs) um uh, my, that might—that's the only thing that can change it. It's—it's
0: it's interesting, isn't it? That Ireland are a side who look absolutely horrendous, but it's almost like Wales are determined to take the shine off it for me.
2: Do you know what? We're gonna—we've got a point on that, and hands in the rock. So what, I'll take oh, this opportunity. Let's get. Segue. Let's go on. Let's go on, and we're going to do this now. <laughs> Yes, it's hands in the ruck time. Now we'll come on to Wales in a moment. I'm going to I'm retitling this though. Uh Tackle or a Mall, which works. I couldn't I didn't have time to re-record the jingle, but it does work. Mall, tackle tackle or a Mall. mall. Cuz Wayne Barnes, that's one of the worst performances I've ever seen of Wayne Barnes. He was wholly inconsistent for the whole match. At one yep. point he called mall and Scotland were going for that. We're holding up in the tackle, waiting for the call of mall, and then you wait for France to take it down, and you get the penalty at one point he calls Maul and then he said tackle and now somebody pointed yeah, out yeah. Me, someone said to me well that ca-, I think when I pointed out during the match said, we, that can technically happen if the mall ends and then there's a tackle but he didn't yeah. shout over he didn't it was a it was a complete bait, brain fart for him and you know you could hear Johnny Gray de- remonstrating with him saying you would yeah. called Maul sir and there were there were all sorts of things you know it's the Normal thing, he's pally with the players, the attempts at cod French, you know, the <laughs> Del boyish.
0: <laughs> it was rolling okay.
2: away, no, no, no. rolling <laughs> away, sortie, sortie, <laughs> sortie, sortie, like, alley. That
0: means that means exit. What, what you okay?
2: What no. yeah, who is
0: bibliothèque?
2: ananas shouting around in French word at the lads did anybody any good Um, so that was my hands in the ruck was Wayne Barnes I think there's a lot of people's hands in the ruck as well Um, Martin Bell his hands in the ruck now says are Wales current problems apart from being quite amusing and let's face it they are um, confirmation of Warren Gatlin's brilliance as a coach or is this just the natural teething troubles you get when hiring a new guy who wants his team to play entertaining rugby
0: it's the, natural, um, <laughs> it's the natural teething troubles you have when you hire a person to play a completely different brand of rugby to Warren Gatlin. And when you have had a coach in place for, how long was Gatlin there? 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe a bit longer? Um, yeah, there's always going to be issues when you do that. And Pivak was relatively success obviously won the pro 14 at the scarlets um had had them playing some good stuff but it's a huge ask to translate that to international rugby and i think there was there was chat about how i think it was squidge was talking about how the scarlets it took them about 18 months hmm. of constant uh, game time to get to a level that was under payback that was a good standard you don't have that time at
2: international yeah. rugby. And I think so. as well, I think as well, there, there was a lot of calls within Wales as there are within Scotland. This is why I'd say, what you wish for. Because, I, Cause Wales now feel like Scotland were pre-Vern Cotter. The direction, no idea what they're doing. There doesn't yeah. really seem to be any overarching plan. Like you said, you can't fix these things overnight. And, that my understanding is there were calls within Wales, within the WRU and, and from fans. We, we don't want to keep playing Warren Ball. And I'm not necessarily the old... I, don't think, I think Warren Ball was a thing for a bit when they had Jamie Roberts, but I don't think it was... Yeah. They weren't playing Warren Ball at the end. It, it was a different kind of rugby, but there were calls for a more entertaining brand of rugby and that's what Wayne Pivak was brought in to do. Mm-hmm. And as Scotland and Gregor Townsend have demonstrated... You can aspire to do the fastest brand of rugby in the world and play entertaining rugby, but you unless you're the All Blacks, and even let's face it, even the All Blacks don't play the no that that kind of game. On. They play when it's on. They kick more than any other team. They play territory. Um, the the other teams that play attractive rugby would be Fiji, but you know they oh, it's like Newcastle United in the nineties. They 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 lose spectacularly while score <laughs> they score glorious tries but lose. Fifty-three, twenty. You know, yep. it's all well and great, good. Great neutral. Wonderful that you score twenty or twenty plus points, but if you're letting in fifty, then that's no good to anybody. Yeah. So that I, I think Wales to me serve as a warning to any Scotland fan who says Scotland don't have an attack. You know, we you build a good attack off solid defence. We've got a solid defence. Let's not start you know throwing baby out with the bath water. That's, that look at yep. look at what Wales are trying to do. And let's not do that.
0: Well, yes. Absolutely. And the same could be said of Ireland, actually. Um, yeah. To bring them back up um, after the, the Joe Schmidt. Um, such a strange name. I just find it find it confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, bringing in Andy Farrell, there was calls for them to be more expansive in their, their play, to be more entertaining um, and certainly with some of the young lens their boys coming through they've 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 tried to maybe move their move away slightly from the 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 traditional irish aerial ping pong that they so love um the change of personnel in particular seeing um gibson park at scrum half instead of connor murray as Seen them try to maybe move the ball a bit more through the hands, and if you watch the game against England, they were absolutely and utterly despicably bad. Mm. It was glorious.
2: I think that's the, that's the other kind of warning from the warning from the past future or warning for the future for Scotland that you, you've had Connor Murray and Johnny Sexton for so long for Ireland yep. that, that there isn't then anybody who's had the opportunity to step up and to fill yep. that role on any consistent basis so when you know the, the fact that Gregor Townsend does even when both Finn Russell and Adam Hastings are fit will give Adam Hastings game time is a good yep. thing because then a it's a good sign and you know that uh, you know Ali Price is the incumbent but we, you know George Horner's is cur- you know as much as we there are calls for him to play and he's you know he did, did his foot but it, he gives them opportunities to to play and is giving him opportunities to play and that's a that's a good thing because you know we i don't want to get i I would hate to get five years down the line and finn russell you know have a a 34 35 year old finn russell still playing 10 and nobody there to fill it when he retires which is what the situation Ireland find themselves in
0: yeah yeah it's uh, the it is interesting as well because obviously they would maybe say joey carberry was the the lads who would be replacing Sexton, but he's injured. He's, I mean, he's constantly injured. Um, Ross Burn is next off. the But again, you look at the tens that are playing at provincial level for Ireland, and there's, you know, there's three or f- three names straight away that you know the the younger Burn looks an absolute prospect. You've got Ben Healy at Munster, who who just. Uh, Every time I see him, I'm so impressed with him and so glad Ireland haven't picked him yet. Yeah, but he will get a pick, and then he, he does look like Ronald Weasley. So,
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, that was that hands. Of the We've I've done a couple of other people. Have you, what what was your hands in the rock this week, John? So I,
0: I was I was going to have a a, a wee moan because that's what I always do in hands of the rock. But I'm going to have a wee moan about the phrase a bit of the dog about him. (laughs) So, it's going to be a small small rant about this, right? So, I think this phrase needs to be retired now. And the reason I think this phrase needs to be retired is in the era of hypersensitive refereeing and extra vigilant TMOing, um, we've got cameras everywhere, in stadiums we have TMOs jumping in at any opportunity to correct referees mistakes almost to the point where TMOs are could you say refereeing the game to have a bit of the dog about you is no longer to your benefit Um, to be the incumbent hard man in your team who goes around the enforcer if you will it no longer works Um, I think there's Plenty of place for being aggressive. There's plenty of place for being... um, having a bit of niggle about you. But if you want someone to have a bit of the dog about them, you get examples like Jamie Ritchie at the Mm -hmm. weekend, like Ryan Wilson on Monday, who got himself yellow-carded for... I mean, it was one of the most... If you haven't seen it, go, go and watch it. It was the... So far this season, it was the most obvious yellow card you will see, and probably by the end of this season, it will still be the most obvious yellow card. It was just brain dead. Um, I don't think this phrase works anymore, and I think people hark back to the era of you know sorting things out on the field and rocking was real and all this you know all the usual nonsense that people talk about, and the bit of the dog comes from that, but. Having a second row who has a brain is a much better thing,
2: yeah.
0: And I know I'm going to get letters for that, so I don't care. No, but I I think it's because I've got a bit of the dog about me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I, yeah, I think you're right. There's a time and place for the dog, yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, when when if that's all you have to your game, or when you're reduced to it, it it no longer serves to function anything. When you've, I don't, I think when you the players that, that that are often described like that that is then all that they have to their game it's not often you would see someone saying oh he's got a bit of the he's got a bit of a dog to them but he's you know that's it that's all there is to him that's all there is to ryan wilson these days
0: yeah yeah he's he's just running around like a, like
2: it's, like, it's fights, like you know, and, yeah. and, and and he's already living off past. I mean, you know, how many times have I seen him on a podcast this week talking about that Blumen Tunnel incident with George Ford? I mean, he's going to be dying and out on that for decades. I oh, know. No. That's going to be his after dinner speech. And
0: oh, yeah, yeah, I liked it at the time, but I mean, it is. It's got to the point now where you are kind of like, come on, Ryan. Like, tell us about a time. Maybe tell us about the time where you played seven in a, a title-winning team. That would that would be more impressive.
2: <laughs> Very true, yeah. Um yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think this to you know it probably needs to be dropped because it I think it just covers up it it, it papers over the cracks of of, of, of players' abilities.
0: Yeah. If you, if if that's all you've got then I'm sorry, but
2: And if yeah. that's what you want to watch rugby for, then go and watch UFC.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean obviously back in the day if you wanted your brutality uh, served in a, a in a sporting form then you had to you know maybe indulge in rugby but I would perhaps argue rugby league would have been a better option for you but you know if if union was your flavor then you could get all the um all, all the all the aggression you wanted but now you've you've got options there's like pay-per-view UFC you can go and you can do your worst and it's all the it's all the best bits of rugby for you, but in a different format. It's and, great, and the
2: rest of us can watch teams kick it back and forward for in a, in, a, in, a, in like a, an intricate game of kicking chess.
0: Exactly, I always loved playing kick tennis at, at training, so I'm I'm in my element.
2: <laughs> it also gives the forwards a rest.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. They, 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 I, I await Oli Cable turning up with a deck chair at some point, and <laughs> planting it, and halfway in. Putting a book and getting
2: a good book out and just I just need a rest. Give it give me five minutes to catch my breath, kick it back, keep, keep kicking it that's back. A, and yeah.
0: <laughs> just ping it back, guys.
2: Yeah. Um that's it anyway for, for this week. We've we've rambled on long enough. As always. An hour and forty yep. minutes. Um the theme <laughs> tune's included in that as well. So we we're getting on. Um if you want short versions of the podcast then you know, sign up to the Patreon and and we'll do you a short version of it. Where you can get it edited. We're not
0: telling week. you what's in that shortened version. Though. No, it no, might no.
2: actually just be all the waffle. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Just me and me, me trying to remember the words in French to head, shoulders, knees, and toes <laughs> on a loop for half an hour.
0: Um, it'd be like that. Um, the youtube of, of the, the hobbits uh the hobbits are going to isengard there's a 10-hour version of that <laughs> it would be like that. that um i think we could definitely do a 10-hour version of you
2: 10 hours of me trying to remember heads shoulders and knees and toes in french before remembering <laughs> that it doesn't have the word hands in it anywhere
0: <laughs> none of those are in the rock
2: <laughs> anyway that is it for this week. Don't forget next week we'll be reviewing The Ocean's Apart film. We'll be previewing Ireland. We've we'll, we'll got hopefully have Dan Leo on the podcast as well to interview. Um join us on the Patreon um to give us a bit of support. Again, next week we'll go try and put together we're going to try and uh, put together our ha- hardest Scottish player of all time list. If not, it will definitely be the week after there's just been a few things that have interfered with that timing wise. So you'll definitely get two special podcasts in December to make up for the fact that you missed one in November um, to get your money's worth. For the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John. Bye, folks.